All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to a brand new episode of The Real Life Podcast, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Welcome to Real Life, everyone. (laughs) What is going on right now? I think that I'm in love with Matthew Kachuk. Are you guys all drunk? Welcome in to episode 316 of the Real Life Podcast. Tyler Uremchuk, Bag Milk, Jay, Wanye, Chalmers, everyone here. Special guest coming up in like 10 minutes time as well. Before we get to all that, should let you know, we are brought to you by the HGA Group, the next generation of business services. They were built to serve you better. Love the HGA Group. We all love the HGA Group. They're the only reason we're still here doing a podcast. Actually, I don't know if that's true. Either way. Jay, you're on mute. So that's great. Go off to a good start here, boys. Yeah. Hot start. <laughs> the Jay, I realized I was sneaking in a lunch there, so I had it on mute. I didn't want to hear anyone chomping on my salad. Good salad. You're up at the new offices, too. So you're getting you're eating good. I'm eating good. I got dog patch right below me. So I had a nice peach salad. Oh, I was wondering. Different. I was wondering what those new beautiful windows behind you were with the nice little view. Yeah, look at my windows. Oh, you're there too. We we spent one day last week moving everything. um, Everything except for the one table that wouldn't fit out a door at Little Brick. Did we get that problem solved? Is the table moved? No, I was told it has not happened yet. I'm told it'll happen soon. Nice. Good. Good, good. New studio should be up and operational in a week. I don't know for sure, but it's coming. It's coming. And then we're back in person soon, right in time for hockey season. This is perfect. Everything's lining up nicely. You know who's helping us with the studio, your M truck? DHGA group. Ah, yes. They are. They are. Because I've been emailing with Morgan, who exactly. is helping me get all the new gear. 
exactly. new mics too. So if you've constantly hated the audio quality of this podcast, it's getting moderately better. <laughs> so that's exciting. Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> Why well, you got anything? What do Me? I have for you? Well, I have John Scott coming Shit. up in six minutes here, I believe. So we're going to be chatting with our good friend, John Scott, again. I got 800 things I'd like to talk about. Chalmers, what on earth is going on? Why are they chugging beers at the Ryder Cup? What is this, a monster energy tractor pole? What's going that's what on? You, that's what you do when you're the Americans and you finally pull off the big win against the Europeans. That was Where's fantastic. the dignity? Where's the Dude, aristocracy you know, of it all? <laughs> Oh, because they're showing that they that they're just like all of us who chug beers on the first. No, no, all of us who chug beers look comfortable chugging beers. They look like Chet and Chauncey from the Yacht Club. We're told to chug a beer for TikTok. (laughs) I I think I think the PGA. I think the PGA does a good job trying to hide that side of things outside of like the waste management open. But I think now they're like allowing it to become more kind of front facing because like the Masters is also a big party too secretly. But like John Daly's like, I was born in the wrong decade. I don't know we're, why we're allowed to chug beers now on camera. I was, I was a little bit like shocked that they did allow that to happen and like put it on their social media and stuff. But Yeah, like not only let it happen, but promoted it. Like check this well, out. I, I mean, I think this tournament's a little different, you know, like it's Ryder Cup is not just your average tournament. Like you could tell the, the fans were more engaged. It was, it had more of a waste management open type of feel to the whole thing. I think that's what they want. Any event where you can rant USA, USA is going to be a party oh, It is pretty like, good. Here's then- the funny. Yeah. So I, 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 I realized that I was cheering for the Americans because I, I did want them to win. Because personally, I like the American golfers better than I like the European golfers. But man, those people cheering USA almost changed me like 150 times watching it. <laughs> I was getting so sick and tired of hearing that. It was so annoying. I love a good USA, USA. That keeps me in the game. No, it was just where flat was, out cool. annoying. Well, Question, is, where was the Ryder Cup? So that's, 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 that's a powerful. Whistling straights. That's, in, that's, in, that's an observation, Bagmilk. I'm jumping on all, all of this, Chalmers, so back the fuck off. <laughs> okay. It's whistling straights. It's in Wisconsin. And the, yeah, okay. and the motto in Wisconsin is drink USA. with cheese. Is drink Wisconsinably. So they showed up and they partied. Oh, God bless them. I like yeah, to see makes it. more sense. Golf's so boring. Mm-hmm. I like to see. Hey, man. I suppose. I suppose. I like to see beer chugging. I kind of feel I like the beginning it. of Happy Gilmore, though, where he's like showing them his rough and tumble ways, and the country club set didn't quite know what to do, and they clucked their tongue and clutched their pearls and wagged their fingers. I'm of that moment. Okay. Wanya, were you live tweeting the Oilers prospect game yesterday? Or the sorry, preseason, preseason game. Yeah, or as I call it, the Stanley Cup. (laughs) Just demolished the Flames yesterday. Huge game, huge win for the team. Yeah, some of the big names scoring goals yesterday. Household names everywhere. (laughs) The funny thing about it was, though, outside of the Flames' top six, that was a lot of their NHL roster that got absolutely dummied by Oilers prospects and, and depth players. So good to see. Well, but that's the thing. It was like we iced the team that you should ice in your first preseason game. Yeah. And the names that you wanted to see score scored. Yeah. Like you wanted uh, to see you wanted you wanted to see Xavier. You wanted yep. to see Xavier because he's Derek our new Ryan. shiny toy. You want to see Derek Ryan because he's supposed to come and add depth. And Lamborghini then Perlini. Yep. Yeah. So like it was, it's exactly like it made it, it was exactly what you wanted to see given the offseason that we had. Calgary is like a totally. ship 
staffed by ghosts. Like also, it looks like there is nobody down there who wants to be a flame, who cares. It's insane. There's Lucic wheeling around. Like, oh, what a organizational that, flop. I'm happy that 10,000 Flames fans got to see their team just get absolutely dummied on day one of the preseason. Well. Is that what and they the were running with? The only plan is to bring in Jack Eichel to fix the situation. This is so great. So <laughs> I was talking. I was talking to Bra- uh, Ryan Pike this morning from FlamesNation.ca, and he said they issued 14,000 tickets yesterday for the game, but it's an estimated that 8,500 to 9,000 showed up. Okay. Interesting. Um, the Oilers' first preseason game is tomorrow night. I saw Tommy Gazzola sending out a picture of them setting up the oil derrick at uh, Ford Hall there. So uh, Here's my question. What's the over-under on how many yeah. games it takes for a hammer dude oh, to climb up the oil rig? It's immense. It's yeah, it's coming. It's going to happen. It's, co- it's coming. Like it's so coming. Like, Why? Where? Where is it? Ford Hall. It's right in Ford Hall. Like it's so the when entry Tommy, to the beer gardens. Yeah. Oh so when God. Tommy posted the that picture in Ford Hall of the of the oil rig going up, I'm like, oh, that's where they're putting it. The guy, uh, you know, somebody's climbing that thing. It belongs on the ice. It does. I wish they could find a way to wheel it in and out well, or on. It would have been way ice. better. Of course they can. Way cooler if they had set it up somehow, and I'm no engineer, so I don't know if this is possible. If they had set it up where if you're riding the escalator to heaven, where it like you go under the oil, Derek, that would have been way cooler. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Ooh, like right op- through it. Yeah, yeah, right through it. This is an opportunity. It's yeah, it's right at the Molson house there. So it yeah. looks like it's somebody's begging that to be climbed. Sure. That, that's a beer, that's a beer garden jungle gym right there. Are they yeah. smart enough to know that if they put it beside the beer garden, we'll all go sit there, drink beer, and contemplate climbing the oil, Derek? Are they that level of inception for marketing that they're like, this is how we'll get liquor sales up? I think so. Everybody, meet me at the oil, Derek, right? That'll be the spot whenever you're like meeting up with a buddy at the game. It'll be like, yeah. oh, hey, I'll meet you just outside the oil, Derek. It's the and then you just give a, trank gun to the, give a trank gun to the security guards that check IDs. If they see anybody get to the second <laughs> rung, ping, pick them off. Down they go. Um, like I teased off the bat, uh, we have a, another co-host joining us today, a sixth member of the podcast, and that would be John Scott. Before we get to John Scott, though, I need to let you know that our friends at DoorDash, they're not only our friends, they sponsor the entire nation network of podcasts as well. Our promo code is DD, gets new customers 25% off and no, no delivery fee on their first order. But DoorDash is also a proud sponsor of Dropping the Gloves with John Scott. And that is how you segue to bring in a guest. You bring in the sponsor, you bring in the guest. Um, John's just connecting right now. Finally, one of us on this show has been in the NHL All-Star game as a player. Finally. <laughs> it was only a Finally. matter of time. It's not you, Bag Milk. Not yet. Like you not said yet. it would be. You said you'd be the first member on the show to be at the All-Star game. But it's I'm not working you. on it. I'm it's working not on you. It's John Scott. I'm just waiting for my opportunity. Suck it, one, Mike. One. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. John, we're just rolling, by the way. Hey, how's it going, man? Not bad. Sorry, I'm in my wife's closet again. That's all good. That is all good. Good heavens. Are we allowed to make that joke or is that just completely mm, offside? That's on a no. <laughs> My wife's closet, not my closet. <laughs> yeah, let it go. <laughs> Coming uh, off a huge 4 nothing win up here over the Flames with rosters that didn't matter, John. So we're just flying high in yeah. all this nation. We're feeling well, good. I guess it's only downhill from here. So. It's our Stanley Cup. We did it. One to know. You know, it's you got to celebrate sometime. <laughs> welcome back to the real life podcast john i know last time we had you on we said we'd we said we'd have you on quicker and the summer just kind of uh kind of flew by but what was the summer like for you what'd you get up to just um raising kids and trying to 
get my house together. It's, you know, I don't know. I didn't do anything fun. You know what I mean? Mm. You look back, it's like, it's been three, four months. What did we do? Went to the beach a lot, which was good, but nothing, you know, nothing eventful. It was a COVID summer. This lockdown at home. It was kind of, kind of boring. I'm not exciting like you guys. I don't think we did anything exciting either. I, I didn't either. I was months. thinking I didn't ex- work, but. somebody asked me what I did over the summer the other day too. And that was exactly my answer. Like, Oh yeah, we were super busy. And then I couldn't think of one thing that we had done. So it was, I was like, Oh, we're supposed to do stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it must be getting busy back at the school and back. Like, uh, you know, I don't know your kids into sports. What are they, what, what do you got other than school going on right now? Gosh, well, I th- I think the two old ones are going to do dance and they do violin and piano and stuff. Hey, you know, not a lot of hockey being played here at the Scott household other than myself. I just re up for my men's league. So that'll be fun. I took last year off. Not not COVID related. I just didn't want to go to the rink. We had a newborn. So, well, I, I doubt you were like us where we also took probably the last 18 months off. We had our first game about a week ago and wow did i <laughs> it was not good man 18 months <laughs> off is not good on an old boy like myself but you probably just jump right back into it it probably had nothing no no rust. i turned 39 yesterday so i'm uh starting oh, birthday. Happy birthday. a little bit it's uh getting a little harder to get out of bed in the morning i'll tell you that much the hips and knees and stuff are i'll, I'll get a hip replacement soon i think my hips are <laughs> yeah. just brutal man honestly yeah, they fall yeah. out of like my right one will slip out of joint every couple of weeks. And oh, I just, get, I'm just like getting stabbed a thousand times by somebody. It's, it's, it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel no. good. This, what? This is something the average hockey fan doesn't think about, right? Like when people are active players in the NHL for your favorite team, you know, when a guy gets hurt and it's a week on the injured reserve, we're on the injured reserve with them, but you don't factor in, like you're probably going to be feeling this 20 years from now, that block shot. Right. Well, it more so for me, it's my face and my hands. Cause uh, like I, I broke my thumb and my hands dozens of times. And so now like people think I'm arth- arthritic, but it's like, I just have to crack my knuckles and my thumbs and stuff to get, so they get the juice flowing in them. Because if I don't, they like seize up, especially in the cold. So that's why in the winter, it's just like, I'll go outside and shovel snow and I'll come inside and I'll have like a death grip on my hand where I can't move my hands because <laughs> it's just the nature of the beast. When you punch, like you hit guys helmets all the time when you fight, right. And you, out of 10 punches, you probably land two maybe. And everything else hits helmet and some other stuff, glass or whatever. I remember I was fighting Prusty one time and I thought I had him dead to rights. I came right down the pipe and he ducked and I just broke every knuckle on the glass behind him. I was oh, like, God, oh, God. Lord. No. brutal. So, so you got that thing where you're like, you're like tightening something with a screwdriver and all of a sudden your pinky and like your ring finger just start to seize up. Is that kind of what you're working with there? Oh yeah. It's, it's real. it's more so my thumb and yeah, my pinky, my, my pinky and my ring finger. Exactly. So it's just, you know, 10 years, oh, 12 God. years of fighting. <laughs> what are you going to yeah. do? What's 10 years of dropping the gloves, right? Yeah. Does it work? What's the men's league experience for yeah. John Scott, former NHL enforcer? How, how, how is playing men's league hockey after your career like? How do you get treated? Who I, I just saw Bo Bennett tweet out something where he's like, I, did you guys see that? Where yeah, he got his first yeah. men's league hip yeah. came out of soccer. So it was like that, where you don't want to be the best <laughs> player on the ice. You don't want to go out there and try too hard. So you just like take it easy. Then everyone's disappointed because you're not scoring 10 goals. But, you know, I play defense, so I just, like, I'll, I'll tell the guys, like, I'm not going to give up any goals, but I'm not going to score it. 
you know, no, that's right. That's right. Kind of keep it because well, we, nobody, wants ever, the, nobody wants the ex NHL star to come out there and act and be like the crazy guy who's going super hard that you don't want to do that. Like that's no, what I do. Your I do as always. But then you get the guys in the other team who, after the game, if you lose, they chirp you. I have the guy, ooh, all-star, not so good, eh, Mr. All-star? Oh, my God. You know, but don't, every now and then, I'm here for the wanna... beers, man. I'm here for the beers and to get out of my house. Yeah, well, every now and then, though, is, I imagine you, know? you want to show them where the bear shits. Well, that's why, like, and then the next game, you'll you'll rip a, like, then you tee one up, like, and then you t- rip a slap <laughs> shot. And those guys, they shoot hard, like, 70 miles an hour, 75 which is a good slap shot, but I can get them up in the triple digits if I really lean into one. And that's when they're like, okay, maybe we don't poke the bear anymore. So it's just, (laughs) they know it's there. You just, I'm out there to have fun. Like you said, and have a couple pops after the game. That's what I'm there for. I remember going to watch the, uh, there was a Gordie Howe all-timers tournament here at Edmonton and there was ex-NHL grades playing and Wendell Clark was there. And Wendell's out skating around. You can tell he's at 1% effort. Like he is not (laughs) trying anything and he goes to the glass and somebody like slashes him and he just elbows this guy and then hits him from behind into the boards. It was like for a second, Wendell Clark came back and then he realized what he'd done. And everybody was like, oh my God, like that's a team sponsor. We just, you know, raised half a million dollars for Alzheimer's and you killed him and he helped him up off the ice. But the bear is in there. Do not poke the bear. And there's an active, it's funny, the, all the older guys, there's an active, well-known fact, Tiger Williams. You don't come within five feet of him, <laughs> even if you're an ex-pro, because the guy's an absolute psycho. And he will turn around and two-hand you if you're an alumni, a sponsor, child. It doesn't matter. The guy is a <laughs> lunatic to this day still. like He's lost a couple marbles. Uh, I just, just wanted to help turn. pediatric medical research. Well, you have a broken wrist now, sir. So. <laughs> I looked at Tiger Williams sideways. My bad. <laughs> so the, the men's league you're in, like this isn't like a bunch of ex-pros and stuff, like going out and skating once in a while. Like it's just kind of like some buddies, you and some buddies. Uh, buddies is a loose term. It's just uh, <laughs> some guys I play with. I don't know. Hopefully none of them are listening to this. I was going to say, they're going to hear this and be like, I thought we were friends. What the fuck? Yeah, what the fuck? You know, I see him once a week, you know, I don't hang out with them uh, otherwise. So it's, it's just, uh, it honestly is an excuse for me to get out and play the game and hang like they're my buddies, but I don't, I'm not going to go to dinner with them and their wives during the week. Like that's, you know, it is what it is. Bastards ask all you want. The answer is no. Yeah. Well, and they're like, let's go golfing. Let's go grab a drink. Let's go do this. I, I just, no, you know, I, I gotta I'm go busy home. that day. Sorry, guys. That's, that's enough. That's fair enough. enough. <laughs> that's fair. To be fair, it'd be like starting up a garage band and all of a sudden Slash wants to join. You'd probably be like, hey, Slash, you want to go for a beer after brand practice? He's like, no. Garage? It's funny yeah. to hear. It's a garage. Oh, well. Gar- garage. After garage. Labor Day, I don't pronounce it that way myself. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's always been garage to me. <laughs> carport. Car- call it a carport. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, John, uh, you obviously saw, you've obviously, and you probably talked about on your podcast but we want to talk about it here what did you think of crime and penalties the untold crime and penalties on netflix did you watch it on the uh, danbury thrash trashers the trashers yeah i'm gonna ruin the segment i'm gonna ruin the segment right away i did not i don't even have a tv in my house oh, good for you. what you're off the grid aren't you i'm off the grid you guys i don't have tvs i don't have anything we don't even have heat we got a wood stove i'm just like little house on the prairie that's me so i got what? you know my little plot of land and i don't want to talk to anybody and that's it uh, so what are you no, doing I, here then <laughs> well what's well, nice that we, we're the five people you get to talk to today that's nice you guys are my outlet what's funny is with those trashers they they blew up like 
insane, right? And I I had Dan from the network offering him up to me. Andy Sutton came on my show this week. He's like, hey, do you want uh, JT from the Trashers to come on? Somebody else emailed me, Frank Saravelli or somebody. I was like, you got to get the Trashers. Why are these guys so exciting? What, like, all I heard was it was a mafia guy who owned a junior team, right? Uh, Pretty much. U- in, UHL team. Yeah. in a nutshell? In a nutshell, yeah, that's a Cliff Notes version of it, but it's it's more about I think I think we all see the the cash under the table in the bags and them getting like superstars and just that a seventeen year old's running a professional friend like a like a UHL team right and just kind of what he had turned it into a mixture between WWF and hockey and I I think it's just it, it was interesting for that plus the characters they had on the show I mean like these guys all had their own stories, their own kind of like, uh, you know, weird things that they were about. And, you know, Brad Wingfield, this big fighter, he's, he was kind of became a character. You kind of fell in love with on that show. So I think that's why it hit with people. You know, it was interesting story from that perspective. Well, have Uh, you guys ever been to a QMJHL game that the the (laughs) in Quebec? Oh, I have not. They would pay the fighters in cash. They would be the like the prime players in those teams. So you would finish the game, and if you had a good fight, there'd be an extra five grand in your locker. And when I retired, I got contract offers from a couple teams in that league, and I'm like, no, nah, I don't, I don't think so. Like that's that's the wild west. Oh, you, you they're they're watching that. this oh, documentary, thinking we've already done this. We've this, already yeah. we've been doing this for years. You're talking. You're talking about that that like whatever minor pro league in Quebec, right? Not the That's junior right. league. Okay. Yeah. 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 I know yeah, yeah. Like Donald it's, Brashear was fighting in that for a while too, right? Francis oh, yeah. Lassard was in there. They had all these old, old guys there. The sheriff, whatever his name is. He's got a podcast now. I can't remember his name. Uh, how many Sean people McCoy. go to those games? Like how many people are in those games? Oh, they get thousands of play fans. Like it's, it's a real what? deal league over yeah. there. Like it's yeah. very thousands. popular. Do you guys, have That's you guys heard sick. of hockeyfights.com? Go on <laughs> hockeyfights.com. There's a whole column of it, and there's just hundreds of videos. You guys should check it out. It's a great website. I don't know. I don't really go for hockey internet sites. It sounds all pretty lame. All right, yeah, yeah, I'm kind of off the grid on good. those ones. Yeah. <laughs> so I even got a shirt. See, it says hockeyfights.com on it. <laughs> so you got you go no TV in your house. So how are you watching hockey? Just like on an iPad on a laptop? We got it on the computer, on the iPhone, on an iPad. Yeah. And then I, I do, I, I watch hockey. That's the only thing I watch. So we did just no, no shows, no TV shows, which it's good. A little more family time. I got six kids. So we're trying to limit the exposure to all the outside junk. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have kids, but we're just trying to keep them children for as long as we can. You know what I mean? We don't want them seeing hockeyfights.com all the time. <laughs> <laughs> What team are you the most interested in going into this season then? Like, when, like as a guy who played in the NHL, you, you, do you follow the teams that you played for or a team maybe growing up? Like, what, how do you just, how do you, what are you, what are you interested in right now? I want to see how, I know it's been beat to death probably. I want to see how the Jack Eichel situation turns out. I think that's the most interesting situation right now. And then the RFAs. I think those two situations right now, they affect so many teams and so many players. Once those, kind of balls drop once Jack Eichel finds a landing spot once Pedersen signs and Hughes signs and Brady Kachuk signs that like that affects a lot of people the, the Pacific Division's wide open and if Vancouver gets those two guys they're a favorite in the Pacific Division if they're not there Vancouver's a you know a bottom level team in the Pacific at that point so it's going to be interesting to see how those two situations resolve themselves and then how the whole Edmonton you guys being at Edmonton how this 
kind of hodgepodge of player works together. Does Hyman work with Matthews or McDavid, excuse me, does Duncan Keith come back in and rejuvenate his career? How does that kind of work itself out? Who's going to be the first coach that's fired? Is, is it tip it up in Edmonton? I don't know. There's a lot think of it'll be tip? Oh, Come on. He's doing his best. I love tips. Oh, but listen, okay. if, uh, what if Edmonton starts off two and 10? Incorrect, He's sir. Oh, He's how, dare you? Two and how dare you? Impossible. Impossible. Okay. Impossible. <laughs> 97 oh, wait. Why, why, two why is two and 10 even a thought? How is Bunch that? Of Jack it's over here. <laughs> it's impossible. Uh, this is unbiased opinion. So he doesn't drink the Kool-Aid like we do, but, but John, no, no. you played with Duncan Keith. Yep. Tell us what we can expect as Oilers fans. Now, we know he's 38-year-old Duncan Keith, but tell us about what we can expect from Duncan Keith. A 38-year-old Duncan is, is like a 30-year-old everybody else just because he, he keeps his body in such good shape where he he's literally has it down to a regiment. How many calories he intakes, what he's putting in his body, he's like very strict with what he eats. So he's going to come in in tremendous shape. He's very serious. He's very work regimented. And he's got a little screw loose, right? You've seen him play against Vancouver in the playoffs where he's – He's high checking guy or high sticking guys, cross checking guy in the teeth. So he's definitely passionate and it'll be good for Edmonton because Dunks doesn't take, you know, he takes hockey serious. And if you're playing bad, he's going to scream at you from the back of the bench. I, I, I've been involved in it numerous times where Dunk is effing and Jeffing with uh, Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane during the game saying, what are you guys doing? This isn't going to fly. Like, let's go like literally screaming at each other during the game. So I think that'll be good for McDavid and Dreinsidel and all those guys, because I don't think they've really been held accountable for much. You know what I mean? And we saw last year in the playoffs, they were turning pucks over. They weren't really taking care of their own end and dunks. He'll let them know. He's like, listen, boys, a 200 foot game. So I think that'll be good for Edmonton. to have a guy who's won a gold medal, won numerous Stanley cups to kind of come in and just say, listen, this is how you win. Cause they don't well, have anybody he, on their team who knows how to win. Got- when uh, Duncan Keith got traded here, they, we heard a lot about the intangibles and everything that he'll bring to the dressing room. As somebody who got to play with him and was in a room, how much does that stuff actually matter as opposed to just storylines in the media? Well, no, it does matter because you, you don't want to disappoint players. And, and especially a new guy coming in who has the, the chutzpah, the reputation as a Duncan Keith has. If you're his partner, if you're a forward playing on his line, you don't want to let Duncan Keith down. Like he's a 38-year-old Hall of Famer who's – been the best defenseman in the league for a decade. Yeah, he's not that defenseman anymore, but he's Duncan Keith. You know, you're getting Duncan Keith. There, there's that kind of persona, that that aura that comes with him. So it does weigh a lot in the locker room. When he steps in that room, whenever he gets there, he's in quarantine now. Like the guys will perk up and they're like, oh gosh, we better bring a Ray game because Dunks is here. So who knows how long that lasts? Maybe it lasts the whole season because he'll be the first guy in the locker room. I guarantee you that. And he'll be the last guy to leave. And if you lose, He's going to expect you to be watching tape in there, correcting your mistakes. It's not like, oh, well, we'll get him next time. No, let's, why do we lose? Let's figure it out and let's not do it again. That's Duncan. He's very, very, very serious about hockey. There's We're no way he goes two and 10. I don't want to disagree with you, sir. But there's no <laughs> way that team you just described yeah. starts the year two and 10. No way, like, no how. I, I really, I, I look forward to having like a veteran presence in that room because you're right. These guys have not had a veteran to like kind of answer to. But the fact is, is like, you're seeing all these top 10 players in the league coming out on Instagram and oh, everybody's doing their own thing. And like Dreisaitl and McDavid are one and three in most of those lists. And when you're that, when you, when you know you're that good, like just hope that there's no chance that Duncan's message will like fall on deaf ears to them. They'll kind of look at it and be like, we don't come on. We're the two best. We're two of the best players in the league. Like we don't have to listen to this shit. Is there? But what have they won? 
That, I, yeah. I, I know exactly. They've won, they've won absolutely nothing. It's 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 all in good. Check to that really, I'm really talented. Oh. Dunks is going to show up with his three Stanley Cup rings and his two gold medals. What's up now? Like we won I, last I won. night. That's something, Duncan Keith. Yeah, we won I, I won a preseason. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's just my argument is: is Ed, is Edmonton better this year than last year? Yes. Yes. You think much so? better? Of course. Of course. Why? Their forward groups deeper. Yeah. I'm going to send you to another website, OilersNation.com. Home is of the there, is oh. there is their defense better? <laughs> yes. Debatable. Uh, that's the question mark. We don't so know if we took a you step You lose back. Larson and Bear, and you bring in Keith. And CeCe. CeCe. And CeCe, who's He's a 5'6", five, 5'6", five, so, oh, oh my God. Is Mike Smith going to be the guy he was last year, or is he going to be the Mike Smith from two, three years ago? Well, well they, they, bought Kos- they bought Koskinen an extra, extra large glove in the offseason, and Koskinen is going to get us 50 solid wins. Just you wait. Listen, I, I want to believe in Edmonton more than just as much as you guys. I just don't see it. I think they're oh, going to they, be extremely like you, don't don't. Think, you don't think that forward group's the best, one of the best in the NHL? No. How? No. How not? How? Who's you deeper? Have two. You have two. And Hyman's legit. <laughs> Okay. Oh my God. Nuge is legit. Nuge is oh, legit. No, Nuge is no. a 50, 60 point guy. Oh, yeah. Legit. You're like a Duncan Keith coming to talk. scored at like a 20 goal pace okay. last year. Yamamoto scored in the past. That's three solid lines. Warren Fogel job, has been going. a 15 goal guy. I just think, I think they have a, I think they have a, if not top three, top five forward group, and then their bottom 10 when it comes to goaltending and defense. And it'll just be a matter top of if they can. Five forward group in the whole NHL. <laughs> I don't know how many teams are deeper than them, John. And they have the top end talent. I could probably name off two in the in the Canadian division. If we're just doing the North Division, Toronto. Oh God! And I would even say Montreal's got a better deeper forward group than they do. And then no. Vancouver. Yeah, you guys. You guys are brainwashed oh, up there. Holy this is the difference between <laughs> Montreal. Yeah. What you think happens in life and what really now happens. that Montreal has NHL All Star John Scott on the podcast. We are among royalty. Only for him to torpedo our dreams of the season before they start. <laughs> Damn. Not a Kool-Aid guy, eh, John? <laughs> I, I think you have the high-end guys. You got McDavid, Dreinsaitl. Obviously, I like Nuge. Then there's a massive drop-off. I think oh, you got don't. a top three. <laughs> Hyman, What's wrong with if, Hyman? No, Hyman's good. I think you got oh, okay. a, a top three. Hyman's maybe a, a B, and then you go right to a C. It, it's just there's no one there. There's no, like, there's no depth. Oh, I, the silence I, I, is, I, is deafening. I know. Oh, no. I just, I'm just not buying it at all. Like I just look around, Attaboy, especially, especially their division. In their division, the Pacific. Well, now the and, Pacific, yeah, yeah, the Pacific now. Anaheim is awful. Calgary's right. forward group is not as good as theirs. LA's forward group got better, but it's not as good as theirs. San Jose is awful. Seattle has no one that can score. Vancouver's forward group is mediocre, and Vegas has no center depth. Attaboy, Ramchuk. Pacific <laughs> is is the worst division in all of hockey. So. Oh, no. It's oh, like, no. oh, yeah, we're the best in the Pacific. That's- <laughs> you really are off the grid, huh? <laughs> oh, no. You know, so we got to, like, open it up to the rest yeah. of the league. So I don't know. And, you know, no, no. just throwing <laughs> grenades yeah, yeah. all over our dreams. Oh, my oh, no. God. This came <laughs> off a 4 nothing win, and this, he's just slapping us all. Can I with I, reality. Can I remind you, John Scott, that you're born in Edmonton, Alberta? <laughs> and I live there, and so I'm. Well, I, that's the thing. I, I love Edmonton. I, yeah, I but he, yes, yeah, see, family there. Exa- he got away long enough to come back with some sense of reality. I think maybe. <laughs> I John, win. 
I don't know. Okay, let me ask the real question. Let me ask the real hard question. Yeah. Why long term aren't the Oilers the team we want them to be over the last 20 years? What's I don't the think problem? they the team the right way. I, I, I think, to I've said it to death on my podcast, you build your team strength down the middle and a good defense. I don't think they figured out the defensive side yet. And now that they've slowly started to build their defense, last year their defense was pretty good. And then they gutted it in the offseason. It's like, what are we doing? And then they Do go back to square one by bringing in CC and Duncan Keith, who are proven guys. <laughs> Duncan has passed his prime, and CC's uh, five, six, seven. Oh, Do you know God. what? Aaron Larson, oh, no. Who are very oh, good no. oh, no. That's my I'm paying him like a two. Exactly. Hey, don't, let's not go into contracts. Holland's been batting a thousand for bad contracts so far. Oh, so no. It's just. Man, he's not wrong. And you know that. We talked about that before. Warren Fogel is a good deal. I don't know. But that's why I think you build down the center and you get a, a strong defense. That That's Here, where I think you win championships. Here's what I'm seeing right now. And I would like Oilers, like Oilers Nation to stop doing it because I see a lot of people doing it. But oh, I just keep seeing all these things about Evan Bouchard and his, that his ceiling is so high and that, oh, we just love what he can become and all this. And it's putting unneeded pressure on an, an expectation to the fans so that like let's just say 12 games into the season he's not playing all that well if he starts get rid of him and we're and everybody's gonna fucking hate him and i and get him out of here every time it's like it's yes. like why why do we need to build this expectation we, we are all excited about the hockey team we don't need to like build up this expectation and excitement over this one player just so that when it doesn't come right out of the gate you know like a see, uh, this is, now we've been patient this with is the Bouchard, rain though. on the parade podcast today yeah. What is this title of this podcast? The podcast I would never want to listen to if I were myself. <laughs> yes. The killer of dreams podcast. Yeah. Go home what and cry. Patience. Like, yeah. I don't even think Evan Bouchard's been around all that long. And we this is about. what patience looks like. How we, many we games sent him, we year? sent, we sent him back to junior. He played a year in the A and now last year he lived in that weird purgatory, but they both player and team thought it was better for him to stay up. Right, so let's under under promise, over deliver here. Stop, stop all the media outlets promising that M. Bouchard is going to. We're not rushing them. We are that media outlet Chalmers. We sell that forced timeline. That's our business. Halfway through this year, if everybody's booing him, I'll know who to blame. John Scott, will you teach me how to fight Chalmers here, real quick? (laughs) (laughs) Like like Reeves, like Reeves. No, I I agree. I I I think there has to be some sort of expectations. Once you've given a guy a couple years, it's like you have to you know, show something to us. Like the expectations are there. I think that comes from a team that they're looking for something. They don't, you don't see it that happening in Tampa Bay. You don't see that happening with teams that are already, you know, reached that level. It's teams that need something to kind of take the next step. They're not, they're, they're looking for something to be like, okay, yeah, this guy's going to come in and it's going to, we're going to go. We're going to be the next team. Sorry, Tyler. I feel like Tyler. <laughs> yes. I, I want to make a wager with you that the Oilers will come top five in goals this season. Yes. You're M. Chuck. I don't even know what we could wager. Something fun okay. between the podcasts. I'll take that bet. Okay. We will come up this with something. Great. I don't know. We'll, maybe we'll maybe keep a television posted. for John's house. No, I, I got TVs. Them. I just don't use them. The thing that doesn't want to use them is they're in a bad division. That's the thing that'll help them. So you do excuses have excuses now. You're M. Chuck. No, no, I'll, are, I'll take that bet. But you're playing San Jose and Anaheim and L.A. who don't really have a great team in Vancouver's defense. Well, they got Ekman Larson this year, so they're going to be a little more offensive. But yeah, I'll take the bet. I'm All on right. it. Sounds good. You come up with you come up with the terms. Yep, I'll I sign will. on the dotted line. All right, I love it. I love it too. I love it too. I just I'm really I don't. 
I hate their, I, I shouldn't say I hate their defense. I dislike their blue line. I'm not a big fan of the goaltending. I just think this forward group is just, it's sick. And like having McDavid and Dreisel just already puts you up a level. And I love Derek Ryan. I think Derek Ryan's a good player. Fogel's a good player. They didn't have a guy like that last year. Um, if Cassian comes up, like you have a good third line finally. Oh, you guys, it's honestly, it's the best team in the league. It's the best. <laughs> I agree. We're talking John. Now we're talking. All right, it's we got him. Time. Luigi is going to be back. Yeah. In front. It's going to oh, be great. Oh yeah, the so, best. Let me ask you. Go. Five the of us on this. Gag. It was a joke. You're you playing the gag on us. Everything's going to be fine. Um, five of us on this pod are excited for the Oilers next year. If you legitimately had to pick one team that you're like really excited to watch this year, like a team that you're like, man, they might take a big step forward and really surprise us. Who's that team for you? I think it's, well, gosh, I said this team two years ago, and I want the New York Rangers. I think if Zabinajad plays the whole season like he played at the end of last year, Panarin's going to come back. No distractions off the ice stuff. Lafreniere's already had a year under his belt. Hopefully he can get comfortable and jump him to the lineup and play like everyone expected him to. Capo Kaka, all these guys, they have Fox going back on the back end. I like the Rangers. I think they're going to be exciting young team who can move the puck pretty well. And the only thing is they're saddled in that division. It's a very, very good division out there with the Bruins and all those great teams. The devil's loaded up. The Islanders are really, really strong. So I think it's going to be a tough sledding for them, but I just like the Rangers this year. I think they're going to kind of take a few more steps in their development with the young guys. And they have the experienced older guys who I love Panarin. I think he is one of the top three, four guys in the NHL. I think he's just awesome. So uh, I like the Rangers. That's my pick. Was Can't Panarin on the Blackhawks when you were there? What's that? Was Panarin on the Blackhawks when you were there? He was not. He came the year after I did. But yeah, he, gosh, he's so good. Him and Kane, when they were together, were just silly. How That was a bad trade for the Blackhawks. You know, oh, I don't know why they did that. But yeah, I like the Rangers. They're, they're a good team. It's weird that he doesn't want to be captain. What did you guys think of that? Him saying, no, thanks, well, I'll pass. Let me flip this question back to you. Have there been times where you've been on a team and I'd have to go back to your DB to maybe if I wanted to answer this myself, but where the captain maybe wasn't the true captain in the team where it maybe felt like they slapped a C on a guy and it's like, uh, he's not really our captain. Like one of the guys wearing the A is, but they clearly just put the C on the best player. Like to me, it felt like Panarin went, I don't know if I'm ready to be the leader here and do all the extracurriculars that come along with it. You know, give it to someone who can actually be that leader instead of just slapping it on your best player. I don't think he wanted to. He just wants to go play hockey, then check out and leave the rink and go enjoy the New York skyline or whatever. That's that's not yeah. in him. I think some guys have it. He doesn't, which is good. I, I respected that. When I was in San Jose, you know, Pabs was the captain. Everybody knew Jumbo was the captain in that locker room. When I first started with Minnesota, Miku Koivu was the captain, but uh, he was young. We had an older team with uh, Owen Nolan. Owen kind of controlled that locker room, but the captain doesn't mean anything anymore. Honestly, it, it's just for show. They don't do anything. It's It's more of a a, a leadership group, which I hate that term, but that's what everyone calls it nowadays. And the C is just the guy who gets to talk to the ref. Honestly, that's all it is. It's all for show now. And it's, it's a PR thing too, right? Like you go to the children's hospital and your captain should stand there and sit at the podium and say something nice, right? Like that's kind of more what it is now than like a true, like you said, captain, it's more like by committee and the, yeah, the locker room think- will pick their own guy. That's why I think it's good that Panarin doesn't do it because he doesn't speak good English. He doesn't want to talk, you know, after the games. Give it to Fox. The guy's like gorgeous kid from the New York area. Just let him run with it. It would be perfect. Like, let him do all the interviews. He would probably be a hit. It's just exactly. Do it for the PR. Get his face out there. Put him on the billboards. That's that's all it's there for. Do you think for the Oilers, the unofficial captain for this season will be Duncan Keith? No, because he doesn't like doing interviews. (laughs) No, 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 no. Internally. 
I don't know the locker room. I think from the guys that I know in there, uh, Dunks will be a voice. He doesn't talk much. He just kind of leads by example in the locker room. On the bench, he'll be chattering. He'll be telling guys if they make a mistake where they need to go, which will be good for the D-men. He'll help out Barry. He'll help out those guys in the back end. I don't know if you can help out CC that much, but it'll, it'll be good. And shots fired at Cody's easy today. <laughs> oh, oh. And maybe de- just, deservedly so. We'll just see. a body I bag. rate this podcast one star. I'm sorry, Cody. It's just a innocent bystander. It's not even him. It's just, <laughs> just leaving no. body bags all over the sorry, place. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> um, the other thing I wanted to touch on with you, um, uh, one of the website that's part of our network, Daily Faceoff, they announced today they're uh, bringing in Tim Peel to be a rules analyst for for the upcoming season and do a bunch of kind of analyst work with us. Um, and he was on the DFO Rundown earlier today, and he talked about how you know certain players you just knew didn't like you and you didn't like them, and kind of the relationship he had with different guys. He brought up David Clarkson, who he said always hated him. Clarkson hated him, hated him, hated him. Then when Peel was fired. Clarkson was one of the first guys that called him to be like, hey, it's bullshit for you. Did you pay much attention? Because, I mean, obviously in the enforcer role, you know, the refs and the linesmen kind of are more closely tied to your game than maybe an average player. But did you look at the game sheet before and be like, all right, I got this guy in the lines. Like he jumps in quickly to fights or he doesn't. I got this guy refing. So, I, you know, I got a good relationship with him. Maybe I can get away with more. Like, did you look into that at all when you were a player? Not before the game, maybe sometimes I think I was more friends with the linesmen just because like you said, they jump in, they jump in the fights. They're the ones who like, I've seen guys get punched line. Like they break faces and ribs. I remember Derek Bugard, if you look it up, he was fighting Nick Boynton one time in Anaheim and he just, Derek punched the linesman so hard in the ribs. He cracked three oh. of his ribs. And I was right there beside him. I was like, Oh, but no, I, I knew the linesman. And then you knew the refs. All you knew from the rest was how they called the game, whether it was tight, whether it was loose. I love Tim Peel just because he let everything go. You know, he was a guy who just, he loved the old school game and he would just say, let, let him go boys. Like, and he was a guy who would tell you in a scrum, Johnny, you're getting close. Like just, you know, take it easy. And cause you could, you know, face wash, give a jab here and there and push guys and chir- chirp and stuff. But it's the guys who would let you know where the line was and you could tow right up to it. And then they'd say, okay, that's enough. And you'd back off. It's, it's the younger guys. Now they come in, they grab a guy and it's just, okay, well, like, give me a chance first. So the young guys are kind of no fun. The older guys will chat with you and give you a, you know, something to work with. The young guys are just I don't know, robots almost. Yeah. I like it when you hear in the scrum and you can hear the ref and you see them like giving each other, like these small muffin shots to the face in the scrum. He's like, you got one more and I'm calling it. And you see the one more. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they just let him go. And you're like, yeah, at least he told him what he was going to do. So it's no a penalties, no foul. Got, yeah. You got to have a human element. I think the refs add that. And uh, I don't know. I like, I, that's why Tim Peel, I don't think it was a bad thing what he said. You know, it is what it is. It, you, you tick a ref off. You got to expect the penalty. You knew if a coach was yelling at a ref, you were going to get the next call. Without a doubt, a hundred percent. If your coach is all over the ref, it's like a, someone's going to get a ticky tack call right away. And sure enough, beep, two minutes for just tripping. It was just, it, it was a matter of fact, it was going to happen. Do you think that's a problem in the NHL that sometimes it's almost predictable who's going to get the next penalty? Like when you have a team who's gotten three in a row, you can kind of sit there and be like, well, they probably aren't getting the fourth in a row. And I bet you there's a softy going the other way. Do you think that's a problem or do you think that's just sort of the game within the game? Yeah, I, I don't like it, but it is what it is. You kind of got, you got to keep it even and the refs know it, the coaches know it. So you play a little bit more. Like if you're up three, nothing, you actively tell the guys like, be careful with your sticks. Cause the refs are going to be looking. It is what it is. They want to keep a game close. They want to keep it entertaining. So it's just a matter of the beast. And it's a human condition, right? You don't want a team to get blown out. So you just start looking for things, especially if, like you said, Tyler, you've already called two penalties on the other team. 
you start looking at the other team a little bit more, but I know I, I knew, you know, the fix was in every year, not every year, probably my last three or four years, I would have a meeting with the player safety guy and be like, all right, John, this is what we're going to try to do this year. You can't do this, this, and this, and this, and this. And they, like, they would have videos of me and stuff. And I'm like, oh, here we go. Cause it was like, they showed you videos Steph- of yourself oh, yeah, to yourself. Yeah. It was Stefan can <laughs> one year and it was Shanahan in one year. Pronger came to Arizona and had a meeting with me one year. I was just like, come on, you guys, like, it's just embarrassing. <laughs> sure enough, suspended right away. I'm like, okay. Obviously the meeting didn't mean anything. Thank you guys. <laughs> they must off the record be like, especially a guy like Chris Pronger, like, oh yeah, I fucking love what you did there. Cause like Pronger was one of the best in the biz of being a prick. No, he was the worst of the worst. He was like known for his stick work. Like, what's yeah. the guy? That's why you put him in charge guy? of player safety. The worst yeah. monster becomes the best guard at the jail. The hook, McCracken. So you know, yeah, he's <laughs> got to say his piece. But yeah, I'm sure if you were having a couple drinks at the at the pub later on, he'd be like, yeah, "I just, I'm glad you did that." But I, I, I understand he's got to do his job, and I got to do mine. It's just a necessary evil, and we have a conversation every couple times a year. And it is, I expected going in every year, I would probably get suspended at least once, at least. So. It is what it is. Fascinating shit. So the Tim Peel hiring, he's one of the good ones. We got it right. Bringing him on board. I like Timmy. He was good. He, he he's such a good dude. He'll be good with those guys. He'll, he'll tell it like it is. And that, that's, well, it's like uh, the NFL when they do, if it's a penalty or not, it's, it's a good addition. That's a good, uh, good idea. I'll What's tell you a, a funny story about Duncan Keith though. And suspension okay. just came to my mind. We, it was the playoffs and it was after Rafi Torres laid out Seabrook and he dunks comes up to me before the game It was game five or six. I can't remember. And he leans over. He's like, Johnny, I don't care how much your suspension is. I'll pay for it. And, uh, just do whatever you need to do. <laughs> and I was like, all right, sounds good. And then we were up like six goals, the one game and I lined up next to Rafi Torres. And I'm like, I'm going to rip your face off heads up. And then the ref threw me out. Speaking of bad ref, before the, before the puck even dropped, the ref's like, go, go leave the ice. And I didn't even do anything. So it was just one of those things where I was like, oh, what did he give was- you? Like, what was the penalty? 10 minutes for something like I don't know if there's a clip that's there but I got kicked out of game four or five or six right at the last second because I lined up to Rafi and I was I was gonna Kessel him drop like like go after him and he just threw me out so and yeah it was funny do you wish do you wish do you wish you didn't say anything do I wish who wouldn't have said anything like do you wish you didn't say anything and just were able to do it or were you like was it the the respect you had to let Rafi know you were coming well I, I didn't say anything to Rafi I was just fuming. I know I didn't say anything to Rafi in my head. I'm like, I'm going to murder. Oh, this I thought he heard you oh. say that. No, and that's that, the thing. Then- it was an unprompted ejection. I was just like skating around. I was fixing my gear, getting ready to go. And then the ref's like, Beep, go, go leave now. And I was like, are you kidding me? So, and then the next game, you can't do it. Cause it's game six or seven or whatever. And you can't really start something when you're trying to win the game. So yeah. Never got Scott, rectified. You're a super predator. You smile and then rearrange Rafi Torres's face the next breath, don't you? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I would have loved to. And Rafi's oh! a friend of mine, but it would have been great. Did you I fight like mad or did you just fight technically because you're a super athlete? Like, what was your general approach? Were you mad at people when you beat super the shit athlete out of them? Or were you no. like, <laughs> I was a casual fighter and that's what got me in trouble. So I, like, I didn't really get mad. There was very few fights where I really lost my temper, which was the problem. People were like, you need to get angry. I'm like, I just don't. Not that I didn't care. I just I was like, whatever, you know, win the fight and you move on. Other people have to like get ready weeks in advance and psych themselves up and listen to like kamikaze chants and stuff like that. And you're just rearranging guys' face. And you're not even mad. That's there was terrifying. A few guys who I really wanted to do it. Tim Jackman, I didn't really care for. And it's sad because he's a sweet guy. Um, Tom Cecito, I didn't, I still don't like him. I would like, I would love to have back alley meeting with him still to this oh, day. No. <laughs> but, yeah. There's, there weren't many guys who really bothered me. So 
Yeah. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Speaking of the fighting, um, how much fun did you have doing pound for pound season one? And how excited are you to do pound for pound season two with hockey fights? Season one wasn't that fun just because we didn't have a direction or know what to do. I'm just being honest. That's fair. That's the nation way, by the way, but continue. Yes. No, season two will be better because we kind of have what works, what doesn't work. You guys edited together. Like it was amazing how it turned out, even with all the jumpy junky stuff we gave you, you guys kind of polished up that turd and it looks fantastic. So season two will be better. We'll have better guests. Well, I don't know, like biz is good, but he doesn't, you know, he wasn't a great fighter. He will have guys who have been around the block who have done like everything in hockey and they fought a ton. So I'm hoping to get some big guests on. It'll be good. I think it's, it's an interesting take on a fighter's perspective and a fighting. I think it's so great that your show is the face of hockeyfights.com. It's just like two wonderful, wonderful ships linking up. You're like, of course, John Scott's in charge. Who else would be? It's been a good pairing. I really enjoy it. I get, I, you know, I've said it many times. I used to go to hockey fights every single day when I was playing every single when we day. Bought for the hours. Site, we thought we bought the Brooklyn bridge. We were dosy doing around the office. We were the happiest people you've ever met in your life. It was such an exciting day. It, I, I guarantee you NHL guys probably use it more than you think. It's, it's a common stop for NHL fighters and NHL players in general. They love it. Absolutely. Love it's one it. of the best sites to waste time at. Cause you can just watch uh, one and it's game over. You'll watch then, two hours. Then you're watching a who's a Cody CC fight from 10 years ago. Oh, I mean, he's the just... worst, I was told. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. is there even one? <laughs> oh, he can't be the worst. We need him. We need him. You better hope he turns up to be a good dude. <gasps> oh, know, I do four. hope. Is, uh, he, is he making three or four million bucks? Three and a half. And we gave him four years. And it's because he was put in a very insulated role in Pittsburgh. And we're, very, we're, we're uh, giving him his payday for that. John, John, it won't matter what Cody, it won't matter what Cody Cece does when this forward group scores eight goals a game, man. You only need to score seven if you're going to give up six, eight. That's right. I I hope you guys, I hope you guys do well. Hammer the uh, over every game. Hammer the over. The over. <laughs> just looking uh, through hockeyfights.com right now in the back end, and Cody Cece has yet to make an appearance. So maybe this is the year. Zero fights for Cody Cece? None less. Oh, that's going to make you like him a lot, lot more, eh? Oh, he's just a t- he's a good Edmonton player for you guys. It's the type of player Edmonton likes. Oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> you know, I was watching the game last night, and I'm like, I don't think we're tough enough. Who do you have for grit? Uh, Cassian. Cassian, if he shows Darnell up. Nurse. Uh, Darnell Nurse. Duncan Keith. Duncan Keith. Do you want your Darnell Mike Nurse Smith. fighting? Yeah, Mike Smith. No. Guy no. In that team. I, I want, want Darnell, Darnell Nurse fighting. fighting. Yes. You do. I do want yes. him fighting. Like, no. all the time. I don't want him all the time fighting, but if he, you know, if he but goes. But he'll beat the bricks off you. Exactly. Not I'm me, of the mind you have people, to build yeah. through center ice. You got to build up the center, and then you got to build out the D. So, you yeah. Know, do you think Darnell makes the Olympic team? He's got to be in the conversation. He's well, the, he is. Him on in, it. Yeah, they have they have him on it. Like the preliminaries, they have him on there. I had him on oh, there just for his physical yeah. aspect of his game. I think you well, throw him on the third pairing, seventh guy, and just let him go. You need that skating. fear factor as a forward. Like he's playing on international ice, and the guy can wheel. Right? It's so not like, international ice; it's NHL ice. All right, I stand corrected. He can still wheel, and he's <laughs> tough as shit. Go, Darnell. I liked how much yeah. confident you had in that, Jr. That was great. So, John's yeah. not yeah. like me. So, John, for a guy like Darnell Nurse, would you prefer, like, looking at the Oilers, that he not fight, even though he is one of the guys that can? He's your best defenseman. You can't have him in the box for five yeah, minutes. Five, and a hand hurting, right? Like, yeah. or his hand's getting fucked up. 
Yeah, you you can't have that risk. He is your best defenseman. Like, there's no yeah. Darnell, and then he's really close. Like, he he's it. Who's the next guy? Barry. You know, he's he's good on the power play. He's good, you know, on the rush. But Darnell's a total package. I like yeah. Darnell Nurse. I think he is. He's a he's a legit good defenseman. He does everything and he does it well. So I I, I would not want him fighting. I'd get a guy and throw him on the fourth line, like a, a Curtis McDermott for L.A. He played well, a, sparingly and he he's a tough tough kid. Get him uh, on Edmonton. I'm looking right now, like a guy, they, they got Colton Sevier in camp on a PTO. Like a, he only has six NHL fights in his couple of seasons in the league, but it's a guy who can chuck him a little bit if you have him in the lineup. But that's a li- that's I, I'm a not even going to justify that with an answer. Like, we're really, <laughs> I'm, really I'm, I'm, I'm you, No. So then I guess, no. I guess the follow-up question, John, would be then, do you expect then a guy like Zach Cassian needs to be taken out the trash more often than he has been if a guy like Darnell, you need him on the ice? Yeah, I think there, if there's an issue, you don't want Darnell addressing somebody, right? If if a guy takes a run, if Tom Wilson's running around, you got to have someone to answer for that. And yeah. the West has guys. If Nick Deloria comes into Edmonton, yeah, and is just burying guys, you want Darnell doing it? And no, we don't have we place, don't have that response. Yeah, we yeah. don't have that response right now. No, well, you don't, and not a lot of teams do. Nick's Nick's a tough kid, so we'll see. That that is one aspect that they're missing. But yeah, I don't know. And then the but, defense and the goaltending and the depth at forward. But now, come on, those are a lot of different things. You can't how, okay, but how much more if, if you if you have a guy like Cassian? Like Cassian's one of the guys around the league that can still kind of strike fear into someone. And if but you have doesn't. a guy, he's he's ever the minute he signed his ticket, he has disappeared. He's checked off. Zach attack is has is, is gone away. I'm I'm praying every season that it comes back. But Zach, like Wolverine, Zach is dead. Oh yeah. no. Not psycho back. He got rich. He's not, he he, yeah, he's not he's not making plays. He's not scoring goals. He's not like setting people up. Let's get psycho Zach back where he does some crazy shit. And at least that was contract people, Zach. You know contract Zach. We need him. Yeah, we need contract Zach every year yeah. because he makes a difference. He can tilt the ice. Anybody he, that wants a, our defenseman that's supposed to play 28 minutes a game fighting is a psycho. Yeah, you don't right. need that. But you also need, conversely, you need, if you're an opposing defenseman, if the puck gets thrown in your corner, you got to be worried someone's going to come and blow you up. And Zach Hyman does that. He gets in on the forecheck. Cassian has done that. If he can get back to his edgy self, that's good for Edmonton. But like Jay said, he hasn't done it for a few years. He's been invisible. I think he got used to, you know, riding shotgun with McDavid and scoring and just living the lime life. And he he doesn't have that edge anymore. Maybe he'll find it. Tyler thinks he will. He's already chomping at the bit. He, oh, he's going to be great. Uh, I, I'm not, <laughs> no, I'm actually, I'm not, I'm not a huge Cassian fan because I think he just disappears every time he gets a big ticket. And he's a guy who loves to crank it up when he thinks his career's on the line kind of thing. But the interesting part going into this year is that like his Oilers career is on the line. If he's not good this year, he's, he's not going to be in Edmonton after, after it. Like, yeah, he'll be gone. Well, they have to. They have so many. <laughs> they can have a lot of bad contracts, and it's going to get worse next year when <laughs> nurses' deal kicks in. That's an extra three schmill, four schmill. So they got, uh, you know, it's gonna. There's going to be. They're going to have thirty. It's a thirty-one million tied up on their back end next year. Something ridiculous, twenty-nine or thirty-ish that area. It's a lot of money. It's after a lot talking of money tied up. after talking with John Scott, uh, you guys. Uh, I just wanted to let you know that uh, this will be my last podcast. I do not <laughs> want to be on a. I don't want to be able to be on a sinking ship. This sounds like an awful investment and waste of no. my time. <laughs> it's just an adjustment. Just, I just kidding. Oh my god! What what drives me nuts about nuts about Zach Cassian is like a play like a player in his natural form in terms of the type of player he is or like his like 
his core uh, in terms of uh, how he plays his brand is like in junior, like in junior Zach Cassian was a nut job. Yeah. And normally like they, the, 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 they move on to the NHL and then they get like players get put into a role. And so like what players used to think they could score goals, get into put into checking roles because it all changes. Like he already, he always had that crazy element inside of him. And for some reason it's disappeared. And that to me is the most frustrating thing. We're not trying to get a guy who plays soft to become crazy. We're trying to get a crazy guy to just play crazy. It's hard to play that way your whole life, honestly. Like he, yeah, his body's probably beat, beat up and just he's had a bunch of surgeries and injuries and you lose the edge. I've played with many guys who are like that, who just kind of go out and they beat themselves into the boards as Steve Ott's, the Pat Coletta's, the Cal Clutterbucks, like guys who are known for, and it's hard. It's hard to stay that way your whole career. So maybe he's just... He's over it, man. Like it's uh, not easy doing it. He needs that Tiger out. Williams blood. Well, and he's getting a, he's ha- having a few injuries every year. Like he's you know like there's a few probably lingering. They're just things. hit guys. Remember, just I go mean, around and crush came, guys. Well, got I got like, a, I don't even know a little concussed or something, but he came back and you could just tell it was on his mind, man. Like he broke his hand. It, it, That's let's the not thing. let's he not discount how hard it would be to play through that kind of shit, though. Then just a go around of, and hit guys because that's the thing. That's taxing too, though, Jay. Yeah, but that's not like like he came back from a broken hand. Yeah, I know. Yeah. He didn't come back from a busted shoulder. So like he also can run guys and he, and that stop. Like he doesn't have to fight. It's it's the new NHL. And if he has to, he would be considered one of the you no know, tougher guys ish or in the in in that upper echelon. But like we're not even running around and hitting guys. Like teams that play against us, and this is the thing that drives me nuts because I get a bit of old school in this in me. Guys aren't scared to play against us. They don't have to no. have they don't have to keep their head up. Haven't been no one's years. going to rock him. My only knock against Darnell Nurse is he's not the greatest hitter. He doesn't rock guys. Like he's not a good hitter. He's good at everything else. Like we need we need we need those guys in the ice that you need to know that they're on the ice when you're playing against them. Like Rafi Torres. Like I remember Jared Stoll. Like, like even Lucic could hammer guys. They right? never yeah, did. Yeah. You, you never couldn't, couldn't do it. Couldn't do anything else. Like was slow as molasses. But man, he would lay a big hit. Yeah. So John, we, what we, I wanna, we need that threat. What I want to ask is a lot of Oilers fans are hoping that fans back in this in the stands are going to help a guy like Cassian. Do you think that actually matters? Like, is that a valid excuse for him kind of disappearing? Cause there's no crowd in the building to get him quote unquote fired up. If that is yeah. this, if that's his excuse then he's not a professional, you shouldn't need fans to get geared up for a game. Yeah. It'll help. You'll get maybe a little extra step initially, but like these guys are pros. That's just an excuse to use. Well, you know, we really needed the fans and they weren't there when we lost. Eh, that's that's a cop-out. I don't, I don't think it matters one iota, to be honest with you. That's exactly what I was hoping you were going to say because I think it's just a lame excuse that a guy getting paid 3.2 schmil can't get himself fired up to play hockey. Well, that's the problem because he's getting paid 3.2. If he was getting paid 750, he would probably be trying a little bit harder to get 3.2. So you get complacent. I, I played with the biggest bust ever, Vili Leno. And you could tell he'd come into the locker room and he'd be more concerned with what he's going to paint later on in the day than <laughs> what, like the next day. <laughs> his, his brand and stuff, Billy Bano. I'm like, Billy, we got a game tomorrow. He's like, yeah, but I got to go to a, a garage band opening. I'm going to finish my painting. I'm like, are you nuts, man? Because he was making six million bucks a year. He just checked out. Six so million? Out. Billy Lano, yeah. He signed a big ticket after his Philadelphia playoff run. Yeah. He just, just totally shut it down in Buffalo. Completely <laughs> shut it down. Annoying. 
And you, I, I mean, I just got to imagine that's just super annoying for you guys as teammates, right? Just to look at a guy with that kind of skill set and just be like, for fuck's sakes, man, let's get going. Well, it is because he j- you know what's there. You saw him do it in the playoffs where he was a pest and he was hitting and he was doing everything you needed to do to win. Then he just like came to Buffalo and was just like, what are we doing here? And everybody was, we'd scream at him like, Billy, like you piece of junk, like just giving him a hard time. <laughs> and he didn't care. You know what I mean? He didn't care. <laughs> He's like, whatever, man. Like, I'm not going to break my leg or break my hand. And he would say that too. He was very honest about his lack of effort. The coaches would scream at him. He'd be on the fourth line with me. He'd check the board and be like, all right, I'll be in the sauna. Like, he could care less. Could care less. Be in the sauna. How are you able to get yourself to the height of the NHL and sign that deal and then just turn the switch off? I think off that, that was quick. the goal. I think that's just yeah. the goal for him, right? Yeah, that, that's the end game. Getting that big ticket to get yourself set up. Some guys love the game. Some guys love a paycheck. That's honestly like that's just a matter no, of fact. No, fair enough. Enough. So a guy like Patty Marlowe loves the game. Did, could care less about money. And he just wants to win. And he he'll play until he's dead if he can. Other guys just get the big ticket and like, peace, I'm out of here. That's why it's so important playing. the Oilers get good jobs. We've been to. watching Patty we've been wants watching, to play. We've been watching garbage up here for God knows how long. And now we got Connor and Leon. We need this shit to turn around. We deserve it. You you need to blame your GM for surrounding him with just not high Which end. Which one? exactly Chirelli probably can take the cake on that one but just bastard he just keeps he he just keeps getting like uh i just keep seeing things where he's getting more power in like the cockroach man (laughs) i know right what does he have on these guys is going on what pictures does he have (laughs) i don't know that's funny i think they need to get rid of nuge and just kind of regroup how dare you they just signed him listen i think it's I think it's time we change the subject from the Oilers. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Whoa, 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 whoa. Why would we want to get rid of the Nuge? Because it hasn't worked. Obviously, he's 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 a good player, but <laughs> do you guys just want to keep getting like pissed this? off with his answers or something? <laughs> I thought a good trade would have been the Nuge for Johnny Gaudreau, just to kind of what? Oh my Johnny god! <laughs> oh no! Oh my god! I do yeah. heart meter here. Why? Like okay, wait. Here. But like, why would they get rid of why the Oilers need more players who are like defensively responsible? So why would they get the rid of like one of their centermen? We got to build from center out. I was told. Why would they get rid of the good defensively Scott? responsible forward? My my reasoning is that if this was my thing, the Edmonton Oilers <laughs> should have done this offseason. They should have either gone for another all out offensive guy and just gone all in. Be a, be a track course team. Don't sign Hyman. Go out and sign another offensive juggernaut. Go for it because I don't think Hyman is that offensive. He he's he gets up and down the ice. He he clears some space, but he's not going to make a, a dish, a play, a score. He's going to be you know chipping a couple here and there. Or you get rid of Nuge. You you just go back into your shell and you just sign all defensive guys. I don't know. It, it get hasn't rid worked of there the with Nuge. Nuge. We love the Nuge. Yeah, love but it Nuge. hasn't worked. How long has he been there? Six, seven, eight years. He's been great the entire time. John, exactly. the other side of this is like he wants to be an Oiler, and I'm sure you know from your time in the league it's hard to find guys who want to be here, right? Who are like, man, I love Edmonton. Like, I'm ready to stay there. Like, there's value in that as well, I think, for a guy who, like, likes the city and is like, no, I'll commit to, like, being there. It's hard. Which which is really hard to understand because if you're a forward in the NHL and you want to produce, why would you not want to go somewhere where you have the two best players in the league? Yeah, one of the top five scoring teams in the league next year. Yeah, why would you want to come to one of the best four groups in the NHL? (laughs) It's it's because the rest of Edmonton Oilers, not the city, the Oilers are garbage. And they don't (gasps) want to go somewhere. And I know it's changing, but it was like that. You know, and it's getting better. (laughs) Last year was a good step. I think they're going to take a step back regretfully, but 
when you, when you look <laughs> at the guy who's a free agent, it's like, do I want to go to Edmonton? And you know, they have two guys, but the rest of the team is meh, 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 maybe, but it's just, or I go somewhere else where they're going to win <laughs> and they're going to have more balance in their lineup. And we have a chance to win the cup. <laughs> and that's, those are the things that goes through guys' heads. If, if you're a free agent, that's why they can't draw on the big guys. It's not, it has nothing to do with Edmonton. Edmonton's a great city. Why is it then? I don't get understand. What are they, what goes through their heads? Because they have no track record of winning and they just, the defense is garbage. There's no goaltending and there's no depth of the forward. So if I'm a free agent <laughs> this off season, I'm like, where am I going to go? Who's going to have my best chance to win? If I'm getting the same money amount, I'm going to go somewhere where there's a better chance of winning, whether it's the Islanders, whether it's the Rangers, whether it's Chicago, even for Pete's sake, Chicago's got a better setup than Edmonton does at this point. So oh, for the love of heaven, we're just getting this shoved all over all- I'm just being like, it can't be six guys drooling over Edmonton. I'm just kind of, Trying to wrap my head around. Are we, are we John, we this? built this whole website over just drooling over Edmonton. Wow. We used that excitement to buy hockey fights with the money. You and Jason Greger and all those guys. It's just, yes. I love Edmonton more just as much as, uh, no, not just as much as you guys, but you know, you got to be realistic sometimes. Edmonton will not win the Stanley Cup this year. They won't. <laughs> Okay. Anyways, so, this has so, been our interview oh, with John Scott know, of Dropping the Glass. Anything about but, this. I okay. would do something about I got a new, this, but I can't do, do anything do this about anymore. This. Every year we're in it to win the cup, right? That's the end game. That should <laughs> yep. be the, the goal. Yes. Will yeah. Ed, is Edmonton in the top five in the league to win the cup this year? Always. No. What do you think the answer is going to be with these from us five? Absolutely It's going to be a strong yes. No, they're not. Us. Oh, so God, Debbie, what are we doing off. here? We got the best player in the world and the second best player in the world. We've had him for five years and we've done absolutely nothing. What are we but, doing here, Tyler? But 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 the sports we unpredictable. The were, were the Montreal Canadiens in your top 10 to make it to the Stanley Cup final last season? There's no way. There you did, they go. Win, did they win the cup? Because Tampa no, Bay sure was. But okay, but so every year one <laughs> team wins the cup. But I would argue that more than one team has a quote unquote good season. The Habs had a really good season. They, they can build off that. They can take steps forward from there. So do I think the Oilers are going to win the cup this year? No, probably not. Do I think they could have a good season? Yeah, I think they could. I think they could win a playoff round. And I'll say this. If they don't win a playoff round, I think there's going to be some firings. You said that last year. No, I didn't say that last year. If they don't win a playoff series, check the tape last year. Oh, we got to fire. It's, I want. I probably, to I probably definitely said that. You got to get some solid demon in there to be complimentary to Darnell Nurse. I like Tyson Berry. After those two guys, who are you rolling out? Duncan Keith. Duncan Keith and Cody Cece. Cody Cece for the top pairing defenseman. Taking 10 (laughs) steps this year. Yeah. That's what I I, I think Edmonton will regress. Okay. Before John goes, Uh, before John goes. Yeah. Yeah. We got to speed this up here because this is the most exciting thing we've ever had happen to us. It's also turned out to be poison. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to flip the script right now here, and I'm going to say okay. this is my pitch to a weekly segment every Monday where John comes on for five minutes, and we, we do a segment called NFL Fan Fight of the Week every Monday. Do you, have you been noticing how many people are fighting in the stands at football games, John? I have not. Okay, it's crazy. All you have to do is go and to Instagram. Home team fans fighting each other. It's no. unbelievable, Society's John. Crumbly. I've never seen. I've never seen anything like it. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the fact that people don't know how to act in public anymore at sporting events. But every Monday, you get a viral video on Instagram and Twitter that goes crazy with some fans from the same team, like cheering for the same team, brawling with each other. Last week it was the Cleveland Browns. This no week kidding. the Kansas City Chiefs are stepping in the ring. Oh. And it is a disgusting display of like 
humans being the worst possible bit of themselves. It is just a, a clear bro. It's happened every week, John. It's no unbelievable. Kidding. That's it's crazy. I, I haven't seen any of the videos. I will not. This is what you're missing, not letting your kids watch TV largely. <laughs> Why would you not want this in your house? I remember when I was in San Jose, we went to a 49ers game and we went to the tailgate and we were specifically told, don't raise your voices. Don't look at anybody because you will get in big trouble. And it was just a bad scene. You know what I mean? There was like, oh, right. yeah. Don't do anything. Just enjoy your beer and then go to the game. That was it. Because guys get like stabbed all the time there. They said it was wild. It's 49ers games. 49ers games. Wow. I've heard that about Raiders games. 49ers. Yeah. Not good. I think every, every one of these cities has a faction of fans. Like, like we we've been to the Cleveland Muni lot. And, you know, I even said to, after we saw the fight from last week where it was like an all out brawl, there was at least 14 people who had thrown a punch. And like, I remember walking through there and just feeling to myself, like, it's just a tension in here, and, yeah. you know, and, and you can feel it. And you, like, let's just drink our beers and get in the stands about as fast as we possibly can. JR's like, no, I, I love that it. place. It was Those great. My and, people you know, I was with, I was family, yeah. crushing white claws and I was feeling the vibe. <laughs> you won't find that in Buffalo. Buffalo's just good well, fashion table break. And that's, that's my kind hell of Hell yeah. John, if you want to be, if you want to be mad at humanity, then go ahead and look at, at the past three weeks worth or four weeks worth of NFL fan fights it's just it's out of control and i thought maybe you'd have an opinion on why people are acting like animals out there it's because they're not used to being together anymore everyone no one knows to do in public anymore <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> what i said this is where losing we their don't mind. know how to, they don't know how to react, react when someone disagrees with them like tyler is completely shut down i disagreed with him about the oilers <laughs> look at him sitting back <laughs> the erectic <laughs> lean back shut right down that's how you know we've gotten to the hour point of the podcast, and I have fucking checked out. <laughs> My contract says one hour. I'm Zach Cassian, you baby. Zach I, Cassian. Oh, oh yeah, you Billy Lano. <laughs> It's going to um, take me two to three hours to convince myself that you're wrong about everything, even though you're right about everything. I'm like, well, yeah. come on now, Wanye. First of all, what does he know? Answer everything. Okay, well, then no. that's a tough one to swallow. That is a kick to the dick. Yeah, everyone's this- got opinions, boys. Uh, once uh, I will check back in to do my job quickly here and let everyone know that Twiggy and Berries is a proud sponsor of the show. Twiggyberries.ca, a promo code NATION15 gets you 15% off. Free shipping anywhere in Canada on orders more than $75. Check them out, Twiggyberries.ca. Um, John, what's coming up? Uh, what's next on the docket here for dropping the gloves? You got any big interviews planned or anything like that? Well, we're going to do Rob Ray next week, and then we got a couple more lined up after that. Rob is a good friend of mine from Buffalo, but now that the season's going to start, we'll start getting the guys, you know, re-engaging with the guys. Panarin's kind of on tap. We'll get some other big names in. It'll be fun. It's nice to kind of be able to talk about hockey, not just speculate. What's going to happen? Mm-hmm. What's going to happen? It's going to be nice to have concrete stuff to talk about. It'll be good. We'll get you guys on the pod and to debate how Edmonton's doing. That would be great. We're doing <laughs> you, great in the future, you, by the way. We're doing so great. We're doing amazing. We're doing awesome. I will gladly hop on your podcast in November when the Oilers are first in the Pacific, John. I look forward to doing that. Again, like we said, <laughs> I think he said, I think he said us. It's like he said we are, are Tyler. He Hold said on, we uh, not just dance again. What's what? That? They're having ugly dances again? You said the yeah. girl, the ugly Edmonton's dance? invited. Wow, sweet. I'll go to the ugly dance. I'll clean up. We got to figure out that bet, Tyler. Let me know. We'll, we'll yeah. get on that. Top five offenses. I'll, I'll get my. I'll get my best people on it. Um, John, right. as always, Today? appreciate your appreciate your time. Thank man. you so much for coming on. Thank it's been a really good time. No worries, guys. Have a good one. Let's do it again sometime. Let's go Oilers. Thanks, John. <laughs> Let's <Yeah>. go Oilers. <laughs> See, See you, John. fellas. Bye, John.
There you go. There's John. Oh, oh, that was a nice reality like, check oh. for you guys, eh? Did he put I the feel salt like in the I love the debate, though. I love the debate. I feel like I was walking through the prison cafeteria, just getting shivved at every turn by John Scott, raining on my parade. I think he came on here, and that was his. That was going to be. He he sat back and he thought, "Which way am I going to play this?" And I think he did it to perfection. I he think John he, Scotted us. He John yeah, Scotted us. He woke up in the morning and chose violence, is what he did. Yeah, he yes, watched. He, he watched the game tape. He knew how to. He knew how to get under our. Skin he doesn't remember he how to executed. act. He doesn't remember how to act in in public. So he comes here with the rage. He even drops Killing a get dreams. rid of Nugent Hopkins just cuts me to my core. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, he, he 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 got the game notes. He knew exactly. He should have been like, you know, Gretzky and Mess were not that good back then. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing here, job? <laughs> oh shit! I like how Wanye stayed for the interview with John Scott and was like, "Fucking peace, I'm out of he here." He just peaced out, eh? Yeah, he just did. Yeah. Oh well, yeah. he was too upset. He was rattled. Um, that's not even my whole Oilers being a top three top five forward group that's not even me being a homer like I'm i don't my, think that's crazy one i put my money where my mouth is on that like john said to you know like bring in a high-end offensive player they went and got like the best free agent on the market i'm not sure what else you could have done i i love their forward group i don't love where, the defense where, i agree with them there where were we last year second in our division does anybody no does, in offense and in, in, in goals scored is that because as is that not the seven um okay but that's the bet, right? Goal scored, like yeah, goals for team, better team than we'll be in top five. And there's the teams- no way, like I mean, if if Connor and Leon continue being Connor and Leon, and you add in Zach Hyman, you add in Warren Fogle, Nuge bounces back, which is likely. Uh, Yamamoto chips in a little bit more. They're going to score more goals. Yeah, they will. Derek Ryan is going to be a good bottom six guy for them. He always has been in his career. Like I see a ton of upside with the forward group, just a matter of them keeping pucks out of their own net, but hopefully the best defense is a good offense. And uh, we'll get back to the Kool-Aid drinking next week, I suppose. Not a big Cody Cece guy, John Scott. He hates Cody Cece. It's crazy. <laughs> I mean, I don't five, like six, Cody Cece seven. either, but like, I don't hate Cody Cece. A five, six, seven. That was aggressive. Yeah, that oh, was super. I don't think he's wrong. I bet you he's a five. He's a five, yeah. He's not a, a four, and, and they're paying him like a four. We're paying him like a four, maybe even a three. Yeah. We're paying him Larson yeah. money. Yeah, we are. Well, I had 3.25. Like, cap, it's not ridiculous, but it's just the length that killed me. Like, if that was a two-year deal for CC, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, okay, that's a good bet. But a four-year deal is like, whoa. I got to admit, I was a little bit bummed. I was watching the highlights this morning on SportsCenter and just seeing Adam Larson in a Kraken oh, jersey so last sad. night. was just like, God, fuck. Come on, man. Super sad. That Super was a sad. lot of hockey talk. It was good. Yeah, that was a real hockey nerd. If you podcast. if you have been craving your Euler talk from this podcast, well, you just got it. You just got a couple of months know. worth of it. Yeah, it's like I don't know if you wanted it though, based on how the conversation. Went. You know what? A couple of people <laughs> I've talked to recently, uh, they they you know they say that they really really want it, especially right now. I mean, and it, right now I think is when people start to itch. I mean, cool you know me, baby. I'm not I'm not somebody who searches it out, but shit, I'm even starting to feel like I want to talk about it a bit more right now because I start to you know we, we, it's, it's not that far in the future that we're going to be watching regular season games, right? So yep. why not ramp it up now? I think Frank Saravalli will be more optimistic about the Oilers. So maybe we'll get him on the pod in the next week or so. Can we please correct it with it with on Thursday and have him so we can like at level this thing out? Because right Balance now that's the was, chi of the week. Yeah, the chi yeah. of the week. Yeah. Uh, we need yeah. to get it back to even here. All right. Um, I'm going to wrap this up. We went pretty long, but John Scott was really good. Uh, shout out to the HGA group, DoorDash and Twig and Berries. Shout out to you, the listener, for tuning in. Leave reviews, we'll, people. I want more reviews. reviews. Yes, maybe we'll do that Thursday. Uh, this has been episode 316 of the Real Life Podcast. For Chalmers, Wanye, Bag Milk, Jay, 
I'm Pally Rumchuk, and I'll talk to you on Thursday. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Real Life Podcast. Don't want to miss any of our nonsense? Hit the subscribe button and give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.